previously on The Adventure Zone. You got groups like the church, the law, that if this town were to become incorporated, they would lose a pretty big handhold in the Crescent Territory. I loved Jeremiah Blackwell, and he loved Anne. What is the antidote to despair? Well, my friend, it is it's action. Nice to meet you, too. Uh, Banshee? Yeah. Yeah. Let's get down to business. I want to help you in this. The spirit that has been occupying the body in front of you leaves it, um, and the Banshee is gone from the room. So you open the envelope. Uh, a key falls out, a house key. Um, you pull out the piece of paper that's in there, and when you turn it over, it simply says, Don't trust Connors. So do you guys want to know who did it? I already know. I've already figured it out. I just didn't want to reveal it in episode two. No, this is this is a thing you used to do when we played Clue or you watch a movie where you go like, oh, and we'd be like, and, what? And be like, mm, you'll figure it out. And you I was never always, knew. and I was always right. No, I did once see no that way. solve a Clue game after two rounds yeah. of Clues. It was amazing. That, I have to think he cheated. I still can't believe some way he don't cheated. Do, don't reopen this wound, Travis, please. Okay. <laughs> So, um, we just put out episode three, so it's fairly recent. Um, so I don't think we have to go over all the clues again. But so, can you guys give me a quick like where you're at now? What what your plan is? Um, I will say, can I say something? Let's yeah. go over the clues again. Yeah, I think I think we at least have an idea now of like what is relevant. Um, it, it it's here's it, the thing it, I'm struggling with. I, Unless it is Liam, I don't have a good... I don't have any other good suspects. Well, I, I think if you want to look at motive, uh, I kind of suspected the sheriff before we got the grim omen from the Banshee, uh, because if the town gets incorporated, the, the the law, I think, loses a foothold in town, right? Like, they, right. If, if they bring in more proper infrastructure and, uh, you know, sort of codify the the uh you know lowercase l law in town i think the sheriff loses something and so that might be a reason why they would commit commit a a murder now who the was thing the that, sheriff vouching for so hard last time uh tommy knox tommy knox yeah so maybe there's a a, a collaboration that was happening there the thing the thing that m- makes this case so curious is Ooh. the is how it, button is how it actually happened oh. is the is that they somebody knew where Jeremiah and where Dylan was going to be somebody killed uh, uh Jeremiah in the street as, I'm uh, assuming with these gloves although that could be just a big red herring from Travis and then somehow got them cleaned and back to the house where Liam was staying before like 
before we took notice. There's there's a lot. There's so many question marks. Still I think me. we need to. I think we need to lock in some things. I think the gloves is a good example. I we have had nothing else that has even come close to being a murder weapon. I think every indicator points at the gloves. I say we we lock in the glove as the murder weapon, unless that's exactly what fucking Travis wants. Well, maybe we'll find something in Sheriff Connor's house. We're we're about to go get a big clue. I feel like so instead yeah. of uh, let's go kick open Sheriff Connor's doors. Wait, was I supposed to be writing this down? Like, what? Oh, <laughs> am Christ. I supposed to know what we're doing? Oh no, I'm making this up as we go along, baby. All right. Oh uh, yeah, baby. Oh yeah, baby. <laughs> what time is it as we make our way to the address listed on the card? That the I will say gives? it's about six o'clock. I mean, you still Fuck. have some time. But it's getting there, you know? Okay. I mean, the best case scenario for me is we don't solve it in time, and then we have some sort of, like, big hero moment at the sheriff's station where we, you know, fend off the whole town, gunslinger mm-hmm. style. Just a whole tombstone moment. Right. You know? This is our this is our justice, etc. So every town with, we, has a story. Dry River yes. has a legend. We yeah. deal in lead, friend. Yeah. Speaking as someone whose greatest combat ability is um, <laughs> not getting hurt by things, I, I that sounds a little bit underwhelming to me. I'd like to crack <laughs> the case if we could. All right. All right. So you're heading to the address on the card with the with the house key given to you by. The Banshee. Um, when yeah. you when you approach the home, it is in fact to confirm Griffin's suspicions. It is Sheriff Connor's home. Uh, a couple doors down, uh, about three doors down from the from the jailhouse. How um, many doors down? Three doors. Y'all remember that jam? So if it's near the uh, the the jail, then it's not on Carrion Street, then, right? Correct. Farts. Okay. I was just saying, like, if there's no bells here, like, I'm fucking useless. No, but the streets are clear. The windows are dark. You know that the sheriff is still, uh, uh, you left him uh, at the jail. He said he would keep an eye and protect Dylan. So you're fairly confident the house is empty. Um, you know from your intel that Connors lives alone. Um, so you, you can feel Sad. pretty confident about using the, the key and uh and 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 what not without having to worry about repercussions well i still we should be cautious i feel well, like well yeah you're sneaking into somebody's house i'm just giving you like if this was like if this was a quest for glory game here's what you know this is a this is a low stealth check you know what i mean so there's a thing in let it out where you extend your senses supernatural or otherwise Mm-hmm. To like just do like a, I, I'm trying to like figure out a way to like use my keen wolf senses to like see if there's anyone inside the house or any sort of dangers that we should be aware of. Do it, baby. Okay. I've been listening to too much Magic Tavern. I, I can't know. stop. Uh, okay, that's a six, which is not great. Uh, but plus one for spirit, so that's a seven. So it's a hit. Uh, so I'm uh, I do mark corruption. Uh huh. Racking that shit up. Oh, no, I'm just at two. It's fine. Uh, and, yeah, I just sort of, like, take a beat, stop my companions, and, like, take a deep sniff. A hard sniff. Um, so, I will say that you do uh, sense some light magical warding on the door. Just kind of think, like, security system, you know? Like, 
but not uh, since you used your supernatural thing. It doesn't seem to connect to anywhere. More of like this way, uh, someone would know if someone had gone in, uh, but it wouldn't necessarily raise an alarm or anything like this. It's fairly common, uh, this idea of like, there was uh, someone in my house, but it, it, it doesn't connect to a more intricate system. They got that on the window? Uh, window and door. So there's no way of going in this house without somebody knowing about it. Well, uh, well, uh, hey, Candy, there's a little bit of magic something or other on the uh, doors and windows here into the house. Uh, you, I have uh, a couple. I have a couple of options. I have oh, a. I have a teleport spell. Okay, where I can teleport someone a short distance. It seems to me that would get you past any kind of wards to keep you out. I mean, you can bamf one of us, right? But then other two are still going to be on uh, the outside. Augustus floats through the wall. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Okay, so. All right. <laughs> and he looks, well, at, he looks at everybody from inside through the window. Yeah. Oh. Hi, uh, Augustus. That's a neat trick. I forgot that that's why uh, why you were in the big bucks. Gandy, why don't you just pour it on in there, and I'll keep an eye out, out here. Very well. So. She. Ch- oh, Nice. Uh, in channeling, she's channeling. That's a ten. Do you have to? Do you have to? Sorry, do you have to? I don't know how the channeling works. Yes. but you did it. You did it last time, and you got three hold. Do you not just continue to spend that hold, or is there like a certain amount of time that you have to go between channelings? I don't know, Probably. Trav. Trav, yeah, is it sure? It, when you channel and collect your magics, roll with. All right, I guess you. Oh, you can't channel again this scene. That's what it is. So yeah. it's like scene by scene. So I guess it's a new scene, and you can do it again. Okay, I rolled a 10, so that's... Uh, hold three. That's, that, that's pretty much a, a hold three. So, uh, really cool Star Trek kind of effect. Twinkle, 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 and then I'm inside the room with Augustus. Okay, I'm going to like walk down the stairs off the porch a bit so as not to arouse suspicion uh, and just sort of keep an eye out down the street. Okay, well, I... I could follow Gandhi and Gus here, but I think instead they'll do whatever. And I'm just going to spend the next hour with, with, uh, arrow on the street arrow. What are you doing? You know, just looking around, kicking some dirt, whistling. Oh no, don't whistle. Draw. T- oh, what am I? Okay. So I go with Gus and Gandhi. <laughs> um, so you enter the house. It's, you know, it's dark. Um, there's no candles lit or lanterns. The only thing you get is kind of the ambient. Mm, I was going to say moonlight, but here we are. We're near. Six o'clock, so the moon is real low. So you're just getting a little bit of ambient light. Um, Goss, I'm going to say that's probably not so much of a problem for you. Um, Gandhi, do you have anything that would help you here? Um, I mean, it doesn't even have to be magical. Uh, you could always just, like, light a candle or something. Knowing knowing Gandhi, if there is an opportunity for something, uh, for a magical answer to, a, to a, an everyday dilemma... I feel like you have some sort of, you know, enchanted maglite. And so you are correct, uh, sir. Excellent, <laughs> excellent, excellent, excellent. She has she has what's called the V-Torque. It's a gold torque she wears around her neck. It's an artifact. And and uh, it um, it has a natural ambient light that she can use. And it just kind of suffuses the general area around her and Augustus with a Warm golden glow, mm. which goes right through Augustus. And- it's very nice. Excellent. Yes. So as you enter the room, 
um, here in, you know, his, his kind of living quarters. What you see is uh, on the wall, you know, newspaper clippings about his time uh, in kind of more established cities back east, the incorporated territories, uh, where you see a much younger but still clearly Sheriff Connors uh, as a young beat cop in these more established in this more established city, which I have not picked a name for, but I'm just going to call it right now the big city, the BC. Um, That's big with two G's. Yeah, B I G G, big the cat, and, and city with and city with two Y's. City with two Y's <laughs> in big city. Um, and you you find newspaper clippings about this this young. Fresh faced cop who it seems like was very successful. Um, and then they just kind of stop. Um, you know, and, and the last you see a young man about 25, and then suddenly there's no more newspaper clippings. Um, and that's about all you see here in kind of the, I don't want to say living room because it, it's not really that so much. It's just like, a chair, you know, a table. It doesn't look super lived in. You kind of get the impression that Sheriff Connor spends most of his time at the sheriff's office. Uh, he pretty much only comes back here to eat and sleep. Is there any more detail in the last newspaper clipping that we, we found? Anything at all that would indicate what happened? And then he turned evil. Yeah. Beep, beep cop goes bad. Well, well, if something bad happened, he messed up or something that would kind of explain why he has been, you know, exiled to to this place. The last story is about the last story you can see is about uh, Connors uh, making the arrest of uh, a low level enforcer for a crime family in the big city. Okay. What's the enforcer's name? The enforcer's name is Flint Chittles. Flint Chittles. <laughs> Uh, Whoa! Okay, that's amazing. Because I didn't think it all—it all ties back. Ties together. Uh, <laughs> let me see. I'll give you that name in a moment. <laughs> Once I look Flint. at Twitter, so it's not Flint Chittles. Oh, it's, it's not, not Flint, Flint Chittles. Chittles. That was some good storytelling on my part. Who I? It's actually, I would just who, say, amazing memory on Dad's part. I just yeah. don't recall who Flint Chittles was. He runs one of the mining companies. Or I, I guess is the manager. Not, not had something to do with. The, I thought it had something to do with the Augustus Parsons cash. Yeah, they own the they own the mining company and secured the land from Augustus. Ah, Parsons. right. The name is uh, Bishop, uh, named after listener Holly Bishop on Twitter. Thank you for tweeting about the show. Um, Bishop uh, is a Bishop. Mem- he was a low level enforcer uh, for a crime family in the big city. Um, it doesn't mention what crime family. It's not even a, a big article. It seems to be kind of a uh, two paragraph, maybe buried on like, you know, page five of the newspaper kind of deal. So a dead end. I'm going to extend my senses. I, too, can let it out with my ghostly powers. So I keep wanting to, to sing Let It Go, and I want you all to appreciate that I haven't yet. Thank you, Well, Travis. considering it's let it out, that is admirable or straight out. out. No, okay, out. well. All right, I've done it. <laughs> I right, couldn't. So I'm gonna you roll. are my puppet, father. That's <laughs> a uh, what is that? Eight plus spirit, spirit. which I'm a ghost, so that's two. So it's a ten. 
Um, so you can choose two effects or take one and no corruption. And I bet I know which one you're going to do. I'm going to ignore the corruption and... Whoa, never mind. I was wrong. Just kidding. <laughs> I'm going to extend my senses, supernatural otherwise, and I'm going to take one forward on my next roll. Okay. Um, you feel two powerful sources, um, both of them coming from the direction uh, upstairs. Um, one about, I would say, at least twice, if not more powerful than the other. But uh, both seem to be going away from kind of his living area and uh, kitchenette um, and heading upstairs. Okay, uh, I'm I'm going to float upstairs then. Hey, what's going on outside? What's well, a good question? What does Errol see? First of all, I will say that maybe Errol can see a little bit of that golden glow, just a little bit, but enough that you know it. It's it ain't something you're crazy about seeing there in the window. It ain't exactly yeah, sure. low low profile, but the street is still fairly empty. Um, you hear you know rustling. You can see some lights in windows further down the street, but there's no one out at this time. Um, if I see lights and windows, am I assuming that people are starting to wake up? Oh, yeah. Farts. Um, I mean, far down the street, you can see the worker housing. Uh, it's starting to light up. You know you still have a while. Um, the shift, it, it doesn't start at the mine for a while. Um, okay. But it's getting there. Um, what, I, what, tell me, how's Errol feeling? I was going upstairs to look at the super magic clues, and we're really getting B-roll right now? Like, this is what we're doing? <laughs> I'll, I'll be quick. I'm feeling nervous. Okay. Um, so as you float upstairs, you reach what is clearly uh, Connor's bedroom, and you see in a corner something that you are not surprised to see, um, and that is a, a shrine to... One moment. Oh, I've lost my notes. Uh, Jesus? A shrine to Jesus. Dear Jesus, give me a power I need to <laughs> do all the good crime busting today. Um, help me get all the good clues, Jeezy. And, uh... Um, you see a shrine to Lim DeFell, um, who you know is the kind of demonic presence that, uh, the, the law, capital T, capital L, was founded, uh, by the worshippers of Lim DeFell. It's the, the order... Uh, what you know uh, from from just general intel is the followers of Limdafell, the law, believe in power through order. Now, what you weren't expecting to see is the whole shrine seems to be covered in like a fairly fine but clear layer of dust. There is, as with most shrines you have seen, a book laid open. This is how uh, the the followers tend to communicate with the people they worship um, and follow. But the book is burned out through the center. Um, and on investigation, it is clear that the fire kind of it, it, it seems that the fire, whatever burned it out, was from the middle of the book and not from outside in. Hmm. Hmm. And that is the less powerful uh, supernatural presence or power you're feeling. Uh, there is a closet, and that's where you feel the more powerful uh, supernatural power. Uh, now, Gandhi, my impulse is to see what is inside the closet. Would you like to open the door to the closet, or would you like me to just sort of duck in there? 
I have a very strange feeling, but I'm afraid that if it has to, if it's magical in origin, it might even harm you. How about if I cast shielding? Yes, to, to protect us, to protect us both before we open the closet. Yes, I believe a bit of prestidigitation is indeed called for. Okay, so she uh, she casts shielding, which comes off another one of her artifacts. She's got this um, jet carved bracelet around her her uh, her wrist, wrist, which would be a good place for a bracelet. Yes. Um, do I need to roll anything? No. So you still have your two. You still have two holds left. I still have two holds. One hold left. No. I, I used one. You have. Oh no! Your, it rolled up again. Okay. So I have two holds left. So I'm going to use this shielding. And now, uh, if you want to shield everybody in a small area, that's your last two holds. Just so you know. Right. That's right. Uh, I use two holds to provide plus one armor to everybody in a small area, and that includes myself. And it's me and Augustus. Right. Correct. Yep. Okay. So I cast this shielding. And then um, I, she reaches out and opens the closet door. It's a good thing you cast that shielding, because what is released oh. from the closet is a blast of wild magic. Um, and what you see inside is a second shrine, this one very clearly actively being used. Um, and let's, uh, mm, let's do uh, face to a name. Uh or name to a face. Wait, did that protect us with a shielding spell? Yeah. Dad. What? That was effective hey. magic. Dad, you well, use magic effectively. And now I have learned the true lesson. Whoa, Dad is glowing magic. and he's floating into the sky. Whoa. Goodbye, Dad. Oh. You did it. I will look down upon you from the heavens. <laughs> Goodbye, our Dad. <laughs> Goodbye. This is, this is all Dad was waiting this curse. Goodbye, Goodbye Dorothy. <laughs> Um, listen, Goodbye, Dad. Thank you I for listening you. to the last episode of the Adventure Zone. <laughs> um, <laughs> did I did I hear that from the street? I will say maybe like the second floor windows kind of rattled a little bit. Okay. Definitely not like crazy, but like you look up and you see like a little kind of maybe swell in the glow you could have already seen up there, and the okay. windows rattle a bit. Uh, yeah. So Gandhi and Gus, maybe give me a, a name to a face kind of role here. I think that that will. I'm trying to think of a way that you would identify the shrine, and I think that that's what would make is sense. That, is that one of Gandhi's moves? I don't see it on this It's a fa- It's a faction move, so okay. you just roll 2d6. Okay. Uh, five and three. Do I add anything to it? That's an eight. Uh, you roll with faction right now. I don't think we know what the faction okay. is. If it's power. a god, it may power. Okay. Oh, no, sorry. It is wild. You know what? I got a plus one to wild, and I rolled a nine, so I got a ten. Eight. And then my power faction is two. It's, it's wild. That's okay, because okay. Gus knows this um, through through all of your ghostly learnings. Um, you recognize this as a shrine to Omdefel, who is Limdefel's brother. Um, Omdefel, you know, is the demonic presence whose worshippers believe in power through chaos. Um, it's Omdefel is the far wilder. Uh, Less predictable, far more uh, dark uh, sibling of Limdefell. Um, and sitting on that shrine is a similar book to the one that you saw on Limdefell's shrine, but this one is not burned out. It's just sitting there waiting for you to open it. No, thank you. I, I've got to read it. 
Gandy has to look at it. That's her whole driving thing. Out of the, out of the co- corner of her eye, Gandy notices that Gus is like floating down through the floor. Oh no, it's happening again. I'm. <laughs> oh, this is embarrassing. I'm. Oh no, and then he's he's gone. So, Gandy, you're going to open the book. Yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So when you touch the cover of the book, it springs open. Um, but that's, here's the thing, normal for this kind of uh, shrine communication. And what you see is the last communication that happened between uh, Connors and Omdefel. Um And on the left-hand page is written in fairly normal handwriting, what are your orders? And on the right-hand page, in a far more scrawly, jerky handwriting, is stop the deal no matter what. I think it might be a clue, guys. It does Mm. feel that way to me. My gut is telling me we're in clue clue town. All right. uh, Gus floats back up. Well, what did you find? Um, I think it's a clue. Very good. I think. The the note about the sheriff not trusting the sheriff was really on the nosy. All right. Well, it seems that the sheriff is attempting to sow unrest by killing young Blackwell. Then I think you better go bust his ass, Augustus. Well, we could all do it, yeah? Yes, you're a wizard with, apparently, infinity. You're just like a... It does seem that way, doesn't it? ...dollar store of, like, magical trinkets just jingling off of you. (laughs) Here's a list of my superpowers. Am a ghost. Have ghost cashews. Those are my two big things. We need to go tell Errol, and we need to go finish this. Yes, let's report back to Errol. Gandhi, are you going to take the book with you? Oh, absolutely. You have any idea what it would be like to be able to communicate with this entity on a regular basis, answer the questions of life and death, and and, and maybe even get some penmanship tips, because this is really bad cursive here. Uh, being able to communicate with a demonic presence every moment of every day? Yes, Gandy. I, too, have Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Topical. Um, so, Topical humor. To cut back... And what is Twitter, you might be asking? Well, in, in this world, just pretend. Just pretend, just pretend that he had a good answer there. Just fantasy he, Twitter. Fantasy Twitter. It's a, a big, it's a big bag of 140 birds that everybody carries with 280 birds now. That's it's, too many birds. They double the amount of birds. It's a great weight. Tell each bird a character. <laughs> um, so uh, out, back out on the streets. Um, Errol, you hear the shuffling of footsteps behind you. Behind me towards the house or behind me down the street? Down the streets. You turn, and there's Sheriff Connors. And Sheriff Connors sees Gus and Gandy, I assume, coming out of the house. We got your book! And he sees the book and says, well, shit. So it looks like maybe... An explanation's in order. Why don't y'all come back to the jail with me? I can explain everything. We could also just sort of do this right here. I would also be curious to hear what's in that there book. Well, if y'all would just trust me for a second, I'd rather not draw attention to us here on the street. If you know people are starting to wake up, 
And if you want to keep Dylan safe, I think we need to head back to the jailhouse. I, I mean, thinking about it, us killing the sheriff of this town in the middle of the street, even if he's a bad guy, is probably optics-wise not great. So maybe we should, maybe we should try to do this in private. No matter what this confrontation looks like, it would probably be better to do it without onlookers. And if we get the Grayson Internal Affairs people involved, that's going to be forever. Oh, there's so much paperwork. All the reports. Jeez. So you follow him back to the jailhouse. Uh, he walks in, uh, and the first thing he does is he takes out his gun and lays it on his desk. Um, and he takes from his uh, from his calf, uh, strapped to his calf, uh, a long dagger. Um, it looks to be kind of a repurposed uh, a repurposed bayonet. Very long, very thin. He lays that on his desk as well. Um, kind of a like no threat going on here kind of deal. You know what I mean? I'm taking my weapons out. Um, and let's say Gandhi with your experience, uh, with, with magical artifacts. Um, so with the both gun and dagger, the gun is very polished silver with a black onyx handle. Um, and the, it's not actually silver. You would make a gun out of silver, but it's a polished, you know what I mean? Highly polished metal. Sure. Um, the dagger, on the other hand, does have running through the center of it from uh, the cross guard to almost the point, a thin line of silver. Um, both of them share similar sigils um, that Gandhi, you know, are uh, magically imbue these weapons so that they are effective against all manner of beings, um, be they corporeal or incorporeal. Uh, fey or power or human or knight or whatever. Um, and these are very common artifacts used by the law that allows them to effectively uh, enforce the law without having to worry about facing uh, creatures more powerful than themselves. Dagger, Dagger OP? Dagger OP, please nerf. I think that Gandhi also flicks her wrists and the two matching derringers of hers Come Whoa. out of her sleeves. Whoa. Whoa. That she's had, that she established in the first episode, takes them and puts them on the table right next to the sheriff's weapons. I'm going to keep my revolver. I'm great. I, with uh, that. Augustus reaches into his pocket and takes out his spectral cashews and puts them on the table. <laughs> All right. Um, and they go right through it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Prop comedy, I told and you. And he says, "He says, ah, nuts, ah, nuts. Cashews just go right through me. Getting nuts. So, uh, seems like maybe we need to have a conversation, huh? Don't worry about the boy, and he's asleep. Uh, no reason to wake him for this. So, this looks bad, huh? Hmm. It doesn't look good. Let me tell y'all a story." Story about a young man who believed in right and wrong, who believed in justice, thought he could make a difference. That young man. Was it you? I mean, yes, but that's a far <laughs> less, oh. it's a less interesting way, but all right. It was me. When I started. I thought it might have been you. When I started as a cop, I, I, I thought I could. I thought I could change, but there's so. Much, not just red tape, but corruption. People for whom money 
was more important than right and wrong and justice. And I was just beginning to make a difference, shutting down families that were hurting people, that were doing wrong. And then my commanding officer told me to drop it, to let it go, to be satisfied with what I had done and move on to other things. And I did a little digging, and it turned out that my CO was getting paid off by the family. And when I tried to confront it, they tried to transfer me, and I walked away. And I came out here. Came out here to where I could make a difference without having to answer to anybody but myself. And I've worked, I've worked hard for the last 30 years to try to change things here. And I've... You can't imagine what this town was like when I got here. It was constant bloodshed. And over the last couple of years, I've seen this town heading that way again. And I'm not, I'm not going to let bureaucracy come in here. I'm not going to let red tape come in here. I'm not going to let corruption come in here and stop me from making this place better. And so, yes, I realized that order wasn't what wasn't what the Crescent Territory needed anymore. And things had to be done. And listen, I, I'm not proud of the decisions I've made. But it's what had to be done to keep people safe. Do you understand that? Sheriff... Did you kill Jeremiah Blackwell? Yes. Well, we can sit here and uh, swap sentences and pontificate on the uh, relative morality of that decision. But I do need to know, are you going to let this boy go? Absolutely. Listen, I can't. This wasn't supposed to go down like this. And he reaches into his desk and he pulls out another set of diggers. Another set of gloves. These, I took these off Liam a while back. This, and they're coated in blood. This is what I used. My plan was to track all this back to Liam. I didn't, Dylan wasn't supposed to be there. And so, listen, you have to believe me. No matter what, even if y'all hadn't shown up tonight, this was never going to track back to Dylan. It, here's <sighs> Liam's the head of the workers. I pin this on him. Now the fangs and the furs don't trust the workers. A fur killed a fang. Now the fangs don't trust the furs. The furs don't trust the fangs. We create chaos. Law steps in. I calm everything down. Right? We work again to rebuild. We make this... This town's strong. We don't need. Listen, there's money here in this town from the copper and from the silver. And Mr. Parsons, you should know better than anybody when the government steps in and you have to pay taxes and you have to pay, you have to pay politicians and suddenly your money isn't your own anymore. That's not what this town needs. I, uh, I got a question for you, Sheriff. Why? Why did you bring us on? You you had to know if we investigated this case, we could have figured out what you did. 
Well, I could tell you that I was hoping you'd pin it on Liam. And I could tell you that I was hoping you would side with me at the end. But from being honest, when I planned this, I thought you were coming tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) Then that would have cost two innocent people their lives, correct? Jeremiah and, and Liam. Better than a whole town. Don't you understand? This town is dying and incorporating is its death knell. If you want to save a body, sometimes you have to amputate. You can't you can't save everyone. I know all about death. I've learned so much about death, and I know that you placing <laughs> such lack of emphasis on the, the deaths of, of two young men, that's not your decision to make. So whose is it? Who's in charge here? Because from my standpoint, it's me. I've been saving this town for 30 years. Are you really going to step in here and tell me you would know better or that anyone would know better? You aren't here. You don't know. You're, you are entitled to whatever feelings that you wish to have. Uh, my feeling currently is this. I do not wish uh, Mr. Mathis to spend any more time in his cell, and I hope before we continue our conversation you can release him. If you wish to place yourself in the cell, that is your decision, of course, but uh, otherwise I trust that you will stay here. Well, as I see it, we got two options. Well, let's hear them, but do make it quick. I've made my preferences known. Option one, Dylan goes free, of course. We pin this on Liam. We both, you know, step forward. You present your evidence against Liam. I present the gloves. And everything moves forward as planned. The town survives. Option two, Dylan goes free. You take me into custody. And this town falls into the hands of corruption and bureaucracy, and they don't trust law anymore. They don't know right from wrong anymore, and there's no one left to guide them. I was hoping one of the options would be like a cool gunfight with the sheriff. Yes. Knife fight, even. Even a knife fight. That would have been even cool, too, I think. You have to understand something, Sheriff. Our our primary goal is to accomplish this job. We were hired to come in here and prove Dylan Mathis's innocence and to free him from, from the cell. I can't speak for the other two, but I personally don't care about all the rest. And if Dylan is not out of that cell, then we haven't accomplished our mission. Either and- way, either way, boy goes free. Don't, you don't have to worry about Dylan. Sheriff, you may find this hard to believe, but we're speaking the same language here. Last thing I want is for outside interests to come in and force themselves on Carrion Street, change their way of life. We like the way we live on Carrion Street. But if that means living with your justice, if that means locking up innocent folks, if that means killing boys in the street, why are we having this fucking conversation you killed a boy in the street, and I uh, draw on him and say, 
Sheriff Connors, you're under arrest for the murder of Jeremiah Blackwell. Can we do that? I turned to the, can we do this? Are we allowed to like arrest folks? Hell yeah. There's no, I mean, there's no sheriff anymore. So I guess, <laughs> well, I sure was hoping this would go different. And smoke starts curling from his nostrils and his eyes start to go yellow. His skin goes purple and chitinous and he grows about eight inches and he reaches around and grabs his gun and knife. This is Griffin McElroy, your best bud, your best friend, and your best pal. Thanks for listening to the fourth and final episode of the Adventure Zone Dust. Uh, we hope you have enjoyed it. We hope you enjoy the conclusion that's going to come up uh, here after this break. Hello, it's me, the Internet's Travis McElroy. Yes, that's right. Powerful influencer, Travis McElroy. You know, people are always asking me, Travis, how did you become such a powerful influencer in the world? Well. I'll let you in on my secret. It's Squarespace. Yes, that's right. Squarespace, the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. You can stand out with a beautiful website, engage with your audience, and sell anything. Your products, content you create, or even your time. What? What influencer doesn't do that? I ask you. I'll wait. That's right. None of them. They all do that, and you can do it with Squarespace. Okay, here's uh, just as an aside, you can also use Squarespace even if you're uh, not an influencer, um, and even if the idea of being an influencer uh, makes you throw up a little bit in your mouth, don't worry, Squarespace is still useful. With Fluid Engine, a next-generation website design system from Squarespace, it's never been easier for anyone to unlock unbreakable creativity. With Fluid Engine, a next-generation website design system from Squarespace, it's never been easier for anyone to unlock unbreakable creativity, start with the best-in-class website template and customize every design detail with reimagined drag-and-drop technology for desktop or mobile. With Squarespace scheduling, clients can quickly view your availability and book their own reservations, appointments, or classes, and you can sell products on an online store. Whether you sell physical or digital products, Squarespace has the tools for you. So go to squarespace.com adventure for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, use offer code ADVENTURE to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. We have an Aura frame here at our house, and we primarily use it to show pictures of our kids and the fun stuff that we do. And my favorite thing about it is that it's so easy to upload pictures on that as soon as we get home from doing something fun, we just immediately put the pictures up there so we don't forget to do it. You know, because I, I've tried, we try to do picture frames and stuff in the past, and then we never remember to put them on. But with Aura, it's so easy to load it up that it has become kind of a, a digital scrapbook more than anything else. So if you have been looking to get the pictures that are trapped in your phone and set them free in a way that other people can see them, might I recommend Aura Frames. They're stylish, they're easy to use, you're gonna love it. And it was named the number one digital picture frame by Wirecutter, and for a good reason. It's so easy to set up, and they have different frame options, all kinds. And the best part is it comes with unlimited storage. So right now you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frames with code ADVENTURE. That's A-U-R-A frames.com promo code ADVENTURE. Terms and conditions apply. 
Chicago, we're coming to you. We're coming for you. We're coming at you. And we're also coming to C2E2. And we're doing live shows. All a bunch of stuff in April. April 24th, we're going to be doing My Brother, My Brother and Me, which is nearly sold out. And Taz, which is selling out fast. So do not wait. April 25th is Taz. April 24th is My Brother, My Brother and Me. April 26th through the 28th, we're doing C2E2. Schedule to be announced. You can get your C2E2 badges now, but you do not need a badge to attend the live shows. Tickets for those shows are on sale at bit.ly slash Tours. All the information is there. Go check it out. Also, we've got a newsletter in case you've been wondering what's the best way to keep up with our new tour dates and announcements and stuff like that, go to bit.ly slash newsletter. And of course, check out all of the merch over at macroymerch.com. A lot of great stuff. Fungalore sticker pack, um, naming of the year poster. Uh, we've got the little sailor man pin and 10% of all proceeds this month go to the Foundation for Black Women's Wellness. So go check it out, macroymerch.com. And now back to the show. I want to tell you all about the shades of magic. There's like purple and brown and there's some blue. Ma- no, this is a book series, actually. And this series is available now wherever books are sold. Visit darker-shade.com to read excerpts. For more books, you can follow the uh, publisher at Tor Books. That's T-O-R-B-O-O-K-S. This book recommendation is brought to you by Tor Books. If you're a fan of adventures traversing parallel worlds, don't miss A Darker Shade of Magic by best-selling author V.E. Schwab. Kel is one of the last Antari, magicians with a rare ability to travel between parallel Londons, red, gray, white, and... Once upon a time, black. Perilous magic is afoot and treachery lurks at every turn. Meanwhile, Lila Bard, a thief with grander ambitions, is about to find out magic is very, very real. That sounds like a pretty rad idea for a book. It sounds like a rad book in general. And you can find it at darker-shade.com. Or maybe it's a dash. Which one's the short one? I think hyphen darker-shade.com to read some excerpts. I also want to tell you about a podcast called Six Feet Under, and that's F-E-A-T-S, and that's a very, very good name for a podcast. Check out Six Feet Under, an LGBT-friendly actual play podcast focused on games that aren't that big one. We've got two campaigns going on right now, Mouse Guard, a story of seven brave mice among two patrols who are making the territories a better place, and Fellowship to Winter's End, a story of four unusual outcasts finding out what it means to be a hero. You can find us on Twitter at Six feet under on our website at www.sixfeetsunder.com or on patreon at patreon.com slash feats and again that's f-e-a-t-s don't look for feats f-e-e-t-s that i mean unless you want to but that's not going to be this really cool sounding thing so again sixfeetsunder.com uh, I want to thank everybody who's been tweeting about the show using the DAZNCast hashtag. If you do that, you might end up as a character on the show in uh, in, in future stuff. Again, this is the last episode of Dust, so whatever comes next, that's something that we're going to keep trying to do. So uh, please spread the word. We really appreciate it. We don't pay to advertise at all, so you telling your, your friends and anyone who falls under the thrall of your voice is the only way that we get new listeners, and we appreciate you so much. I think that's it. Sorry that took so long. We're going to get back to the climax of the Adventure Zone Dust, uh, and once again, no full full episode next week but we'll be back with a special announcement next thursday so we will talk to you then bye now hold up a minute there sparky 
<laughs> he cocks his gun. He points the gun at Gandhi. Uh, I'm going to roll to uh, mislead, distract, or trick. Mainly, I'm going to I'm going to try to distract. Uh, uh, sorry, Connors. Uh, to so he'll look behind himself, and that's oh shit, nice. I rolled a nine. Uh, so I have a zero in mind. So nine. Uh, and I could pick two, create an opportunity, and confuse them for some time. Um, so describe to me what you are doing to to do this. How are you distracting uh, him? I turn I turn invisible, and I chuck something behind his head so he looks behind himself just for a moment. Okay, okay. With, and and that and when he turn, I, I I throw something. Maybe I I throw uh, something off the desk, like the spectral cashews or something, because they were material for a moment because I was material for a moment because I became invisible. So they became physical. And now invisible. the ramifications of that are wild that you get you, you energy cannot be created or destroyed. And yet somehow Augustus Parsons can generate cashews from the ether. Right. Infinite, like we could use this to solve like world like hunger, the, the energy crisis, global hunger. Yes, every Yeah. It's amazing. These amazing ghostly cashews. Uh, okay. So while he's distracted, and I have, I'm now invisible. Um, what you all see is, uh, uh, Gandhi's glasses, uh, float off of her face and out the door. <laughs> okay. And, uh, Connors turns back, points his knife at you, Errol, the gun at, uh, Gandhi. And I'm going to say he fires a Gandhi. Okay. Can I take a bullet? Is that too is that too much? You can do whatever the fuck you want, son. Uh yeah, I I definitely jump in the way of the bullet. Should I roll to like actually attempt this feat or Yeah, so give me a roll. What would it be? How would you define it? I mean, I think probably uh so there's like an assistance move, a lend a hand. Uh-huh. Uh but that's like that's like to give them a bonus on their on a roll. There's one called keep your cool, which is just like doing something in a tense situation. Yeah. I think it's probably Yeah, that. roll for that one. Uh that is another six. Uh plus one, seven. So on a seven and nine, uh on a ten plus, all's well. On a seven and nine, the MC will tell you what it's gonna cost you. Okay, cool. So we're gonna say that your move was trying to knock Gandhi out of the way. And what you end okay. up doing is taking the bullet. Uh, so the gun is naturally two harm, and in demon form, uh, Connors inflicts plus one harm, so it would be three harm. Oh, Jesus. Okay, I have two natural armor, because I'm a, I'm a cool wolf, half-wolf man. So, uh, so would that just be faint harm, then? I mark that? Uh, yeah, you're going to have one harm, so... Uh, okay. Yes. Light, light harm. Lighty. But a hole in my cool jacket. Hole in your cool jacket. And I will say you also, because you did like that sweet diving move, you were also like on the ground, you know? Sure, yeah. Okay, Gandhi, she uh, grabs up the Derringers from the table almost instinctually and and fires. Now, the Derringers do um, one harm each, so two harm. Eight. Um, okay, and uh, also in in demon mode, uh, Connors gets a plus one armor, so it's going to be one harm. 
uh, for that. And because you had to get to the desk to grab uh, the Derringers, I'm going to say that you are in range. So he takes a swipe at you uh, with that uh, with that dagger, um, and that would be two harm. Do you have any armor? Uh, <laughs> well, the, the, is, would the shield still be in effect? No, is this, this is a different scene. No, no armor. Okay, then I'm going to say you take a uh, a healthy cut across uh, your bicep. Um, it begins bleeding, and you kind of feel your your arm getting cold. Um, and you find it kind of hard to 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 work your right hand. So, okay. how do these boxes harm? Bar- oh, this is the first like fight we've had in this arc. So if she takes two harm, that's the faint box marked, and then one of the grievous, which is like the next level of harm up, or Correct. two of the grievous. So okay, well, yeah, I believe it's one faint and then one grievous. Um, so I'm halfway through grievous. You're halfway through general grievous. Yes. Um, can I do something real quick? Yes. Um, I roll onto my back from the because I'm sort of laying on the floor after taking that bullet. And I lean upwards, and I shoot the lock off of Dylan's cage. Okay. So, here's the thing about werewolves. The closer you get to the full moon, the more powerful they are. And the higher the moon is in the sky, the more powerful they are, and the more, the easier it is for them to transform and to harness that power. So on the days before and after the full moon, it's harder for them to channel it. And it's especially closer to sunset or sunrise, the harder it is for them to channel it. The amount of energy, the amount of emotion that it takes to harness that full power at those times, it's almost unheard of. So when the now hulking figure of Dylan Mathis cannonballs through his cell door, you get the impression he's pretty goddamn pissed. Uh, he charges at uh, he charges at Connors. Connors goes to turn the gun on him, but before he can, Dylan grabs his hand, and you hear a crunch, and you're not sure if that's Connors' bones or the gun or what. But the two of them are kind of locked together there, and Dylan drives him up against the wall with his hand on Connor's throat. Connor's buries that dagger into Dylan's ribs, but whether through adrenaline or just sheer force of will, doesn't seem to have much effect on Dylan. There's a slight grimace, but he doesn't let go of Connor's throat. And he just stares Connors in his yellow eyes and says, You hurt Jeremiah. And Connors is gasping. You took Jeremiah from me. You took Jeremiah from Anne. And Connors gasping says, Mercy, please. And Dylan looks him square in the eye and says, No. And with that, Dylan reaches down and pulls that dagger from his own ribs and buries it in the heart of Sheriff Connors. So deep, in fact, that it digs into the wall behind him, pinning his lifeless body there. How does, how does, how does Dylan look right now? 
So as uh, you know, now that his task is complete, the adrenaline is wearing off, he, he begins to revert back to human form. And as though it is just now hitting him, his hand goes to his ribs uh, and comes away coated in, in blood. And he stumbles back and falls to his knees. He's in a bad way, but it's not an immediate killing blow. Okay. Um, as as he's transforming, I I think like wolf to wolf, I say, nope, Dylan, stay angry. You're a lot. You're gonna be able to survive that thing if you stay in in your wolf form. If you transform back to human, <laughs> Dylan, I I kind of like slap him and my claws kind of scratch him across the face a little bit. I'm trying to keep Dylan like fucking pissed off until we can like get him to a surgeon or whatever. Yep, uh, yep, but that's good. Think about think about what you lost. Yep, you got your vengeance, but there's still lots of reasons to be pissed off in this world. Yep, yep, yep. And I say, Gandy, I'm gonna get him to a a, a surgeon. Uh, I guess keep watch here and uh, not clean up because the sheriff is pinned to the wall, and that's a mess that's probably more than one person's capable of handling. But I gotta save this boy. And when you open the door, Errol, the Let's say the noise has drawn attention. Light is breaking over the tops of the buildings, and you've you've garnered a bit of a crowd. Uh, coming down the street is Deputy Rosa, who you see with a couple um, who you assume, from the way that they're dressed and the fact that uh, they are with her, are the Blackwells. Um, and Deputy Rosa, when she sees... Dylan, covered in blood, Errol, who has been shot and hearing the noise and not seeing Connors, her pace quickens, uh, and she runs into the sheriff's office, and you hear a scream from inside, and she comes back out, gun drawn. What happened? What is going on? What the fuck? Uh, I believe I might be able to shed some light she turns, on that. And pointing her gun at, at you, Augustus, this new sound, and appearance that will do you no good uh i am first uh, allow me to reintroduce myself just so you know i am the spectral former he augustus is bleeding Parsons. out augustus if you could skip the intro this time fair enough <laughs> uh this is my uh, uh associate's associate friend of a friend associate of associate uh uncle oni and i believe uncle oni I gave you the spectacles. Could you inform Deputy Rosa of uh, the situation we find ourselves in? I certainly can. Uh, Gandhi, would you like me to? Please do so, Uncle Oni. I love it when you get a chance to show Oh, off. I'm so I glad it. I could help. Just uh, the agreement from S you. The second, yes, it's the second one, yes. No, yes, this yes. goes beyond question. It seems you very much need this. Are we in agreement? Yes, Uncle Oni, especially since I have something that you're absolutely going to love. Okay, uh, but you are going to take a corruption point there, uh, the Gandhi. Okay. And uh, with that, Uncle Oni places the uh, the spectacles on his nose and closes his eyes and projected, we'll say, as a, uh, a sheen, a, a circle of magic where on projects the whole scene. Uh, onto, like, onto the side of the... 
yeah. sheriff station. This is sorry, <laughs> the symbolism of that is fucking tasty as hell. <laughs> and you hear, uh, uh, you hear Joseph Blackwell say, "God bless it. This is, uh, as you might imagine, a lot to process." Oh, the boy, uh, Tommy. And uh, a man wearing similar pince-nez, or however we agreed to pronounce it, uh, but pince-nez, tinted black uh, with, he looks far too young to have hair as gray as he does, but he steps up. Uh, Yes? Uh, See to the boy, help uh, get him to the dock. Uh, And I assume, Errol, you go with? Or let's say uh, Abigail steps up uh, and kind of ducks under uh, uh, the arm you're kind of holding yeah, up. Yeah, and- I think I just, I think I just give her a nod and and hand her her son. Uh, and Abigail and Tommy take him uh to the doctor, and Michael, seemingly out of nowhere, steps up to you, Errol, looks you in the eye, and says, "The boy will live." Yes, you've done a good job, Mister Ryehouse. I think that there's a scene inside the office I should see to. Uh, to be honest, I don't care if his spirit goes into a fucking toilet, bud, but you do your job. Yes, probably best if this one ends in cremation, don't you think? Yeah, burn it. Uh, and Blackwell steps up. What? <sighs> you have to forgive me, it's... Quite a bit of information to process all at once. Um, what the fuck is going on? And Anne steps up. I think I I can clear a lot of this up, Mr. Blackwell. Um, Jeremiah was killed tonight. And you see Mrs. Blackwell just put a hand to her mouth and suddenly Joseph can look nowhere other than the face of Anne Mathis. Ah, Anne, what happened? Well, as I think you saw, Mr. Blackwell, he was the victim of, uh, of a much larger conspiracy. You should also know Jeremiah and I were married a few days ago. Joseph looks her in the eye and asks one question. When when my son died, was he happy? And Anne smiles and says, I, I think so. And they hug. Um, uh, Gandy walks over and, and sidles up next to Uncle Oni and leans down. And looks him in the eyes. She has this uh, a grin on her face, and she holds out the book of Omdefel and says, "Uncle Oni, look, a book that lets us directly talk to chaos demons. We are gonna get into some shit." <laughs> oh yes, I go inside, and as Michael is preparing the body and preparing to take it away. Um, I take the badge off his 
off his corpse and walk back outside and say, this is something that uh, folks in this world rarely get a chance to actually say, but, and I flick it to Deputy Rosa and I say, there actually is a new sheriff in town. (laughs) And she just stares at it. It's not a happy moment and she seems in in shock, but she doesn't put it down. And uh, let's fast forward just a few moments. Things have calmed down. Abigail has come back. Uh, Dylan's on the mend. This isn't the first time uh, the doc has seen silver poisoning. Um, And because of your quick thinking, Errol, and keeping that adrenaline flowing, it's going to be all right. And Abigail has told you that, you know, she's wired the Grayson agency. Let them know job well done. Payment has been issued to the agency as well, plus a hefty bonus. And uh, Joseph Blackwell approaches you. Um, I can't, I can't begin to thank you for a job well done. Um, but I, I must commission a new job from you. I mean, I'll talk to my associates. Are you all free? What's what's the timetable looking like? Y'all got any big plans coming up? Are you sure he's talking to all three of us? I think it will take all three of you. Um, with my son and heir gone, I must ask you to journey to Crescent City and convince my daughter to come home. So far away, but not nearly as far as you might think, in the underbelly of Crescent City, we see a dark doorway. We see a figure shrouded step through that doorway and walk down a dark hallway. They enter a room, and that room appears to be empty. A table, a chair, a lantern, lit but revealing nothing. The figure draws back its shroud, and we recognize Isabella Slate. Isabella Slate says, You wanted to see me? And a voice, seemingly from nowhere, familiar but not coming from a body we've heard, says, Yes. Tell me what you were able to pull from the female wizard. And... Unseen by human eyes, the banshee smiles.
MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported. Hey guys, this is Adam Conover. You may know me from my true TV show, Adam Ruins Everything. Well, guess what? Now we're doing a podcast version right here on Maximum Fun. What we do is we take all the interesting, fascinating experts that we talk to for just a couple minutes on the show, and we sit with them for an entire podcast, really going deep and getting into the fascinating details of their work. Find Adam Ruins Everything wherever you get your podcasts or at MaximumFun.org. 